Nine o'clock. Thanks for joining us, Jim and the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios. The most trusted name in automobiles. All right. So, Wine About a Wednesday with Talon Wine. Got a gripe you want to get to? Now's the time to do it. See, uh, Guru Gary. Sudden questionable in this game. Going to be ugly. Andy Reid gets to work on the run game and screen game with Pacheco and McKinnon looking at the overs for McManus field goals and Murray carries. McManus spreads it around and they cover easy like the overs on Pacheco. Receiving yards. Uh, MVS receive yards. Uh, also Mahomes in rushing yards. Dolchich might get a touchdown. 33-16 Chiefs. That's his prediction on that one. All right, so text or call us, 970-242-1340. Uh, do we have a winner, by the way, for our uh, locker room prep pop quiz? Uh, we're waiting on a last name, but we do have a winner. Okay. Well, we'll, until we, we'll wait until we get the... Yeah, let me the, check the text line to see if we have the last name yet. Okay. So... We hope, do. Okay, so we can do this. We can make it official. Yep. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the contest another winner on the Team Sports Network. I have this as uh, just the second week Brian Austin has been texting us. Congratulations winning the Montrose uh, or the Prep Pop Quiz. Montrose, the only other team in the last seven years to win the girls Southwestern League Basketball Championship. Congratulations to him. Hey, welcome aboard if you're mm. new or you know. Thank you've been you so here much. Tell your friends about us. You can always jump on the Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone yeah, line, 970. Tell people you don't like about us, too. Yep, 970-242-1340. Dustin wants to thank you for bringing up my defense. Has a shutout, but offense gives up a safety. Score ends up being 2-0. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Doesn't usually play out that way, but but it could. It could. It could play out that way. Yeah. Uh, Coach Steve, I saw Coach Steve uh, Phillips out at uh, Central the other day at the mm. Warrior Challenge. Uh, when you got nags in the barn, you don't win the Belmont. Referring to Broncos, I'm assuming. That I'm guessing horses guess, and horses. Yeah. I'm gonna make make that assumption on that. All right, so uh, time to talk a little CSU Rams football and basketball. Talking, the Rams, Brian Roth. Talking CSU with the voice of the Rams, Brian Roth, on the Jim Davis Show. That was poorly timed. I thought you were <laughs> done setting me up, and so no, I, that's okay. I that's okay. It was, it's okay. It's all right. Brian Roth joins us. Hello, Brian. How are you? Doing good. What's going on? Uh, let's see. Before we talk Rams basketball, we're going to see. Well, this is going to be interesting, right? Next year for uh, for Colorado State taking on Coach Prime, Week Three, after they face the uh, the Cornhuskers. Uh, your your thoughts about Jay Norvell and the Rams against? Deion Sanders and the CU Buffs. It just it just still has a weird ring to it, doesn't it? <laughs> well, it does, but my my brother's a big CU diehard fan. A lot of my college buddies, of course, I went to CU. Diehard uh, fans. I'll say this. I mean, I, I like to hire because <clears throat> that's a fan base that has been so beaten down over the years. And, and I, I mean, this is excited as... as any of my buddies, my brother, have been in <clears throat> decade, maybe, right? Yeah. I mean, so, uh, you know, of course, you know, I have some unrealistic friends, and looking at social media, there's unrealistic CU fans out there thinking that 
it's going to return them to a national prominence, and all of a sudden you put them on the same level as USC and <laughs> Alabama and Ohio State. But, yeah, I mean, look, I mean, CU had to do something. Uh, Coach Prime is it. it. It's riled up the fan base. And it'll be interesting to see how well he does. But, yeah, it's uh, it'll, it'll be an interesting start for CU because, remember, they go to TCU to open up the season. Then they get Nebraska at home and then Colorado at home. And, uh, you know, the, the problem with CU, they don't have a lot of rivals. They consider Nebraska a rival, but Nebraska doesn't consider them a rival. And then, of course, CU doesn't like to consider CSU a rival, but yeah, it'll be an interesting, uh, interesting first three weeks of the season for Coach Prime. And uh, hey, the fan base is jacked up, and they and they should be because there is some light. At least there appears to be light at the end of the tunnel. How long do you think it lasts with Deion Sanders coaching at Colorado? Good or bad? <laughs> Everyone I talk to is like it's going to be either spectacularly good or spectacularly bad. We'll see. Um, you know that's. That's an interesting thing. I mean, listen, if he goes there and just kills it, uh, <clears throat> I can't see him staying there, right? I mean, may, maybe he would, and maybe maybe there's there's enough NIL money that can start flowing into the program and the support that would start flowing into the, the Colorado program that maybe you could keep him there if he's wildly successful in the first couple of years. But, um, you know, I, I don't know. It, it, it'll, it'll be interesting. I, I think... I, I think that it's just all over the map. I mean, the spectrum goes through, again, I mean, it's it's wildly good or wildly bad. I mean, it's, it'll be really fascinating to watch. Brian Roth, voice of CSU Rams, with us today on the Team Sports Network. One kind of final college football thing to, to talk about before we move on to basketball. College football playoff committee uh, announcing their, their final four. Do you have a problem with Ohio State being in there? I don't. Of course, well, yeah. in defense of the Buckeye boy, you're you're fairly realistic about it. If you didn't think they deserved to be there, you you would, yeah, you'd make a case for that because that that's just kind of how you are about it. I'll, I'll I'll admit to your your fairness about your Buckeyes. Yeah, I never, I still think that if you don't at least make your conference championship game, you shouldn't be in the Final Four. I mean, I'm not going to not watch because they didn't make it. I'm still a fan, but realistically. They probably don't deserve to be in over some other teams, but the playoff committee kind of boxed themselves into a corner, putting them fifth. Yeah, I mean, who who else are you going to replace them with? Right? I mean, like who, who who's the other team? You're going to take a two-loss Alabama team, a two-loss Tennessee team, a three-loss Kansas State team, a three-loss Utah team, and so you know you get to that point of like, well, who 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 would replace Ohio State? And, Look, Ohio State, you know, look, he's been ranked in the top five all season long. Obviously, the loss to Michigan and the meltdown in the second half of that game didn't look too pretty. But, you know, at the end of the day, I, I, I think Ohio State probably does. I don't know if they deserve to be there, but out of all the remaining teams there, they they look, they look only have the one loss against the record playing in the Big Ten. I know the Big Ten wasn't great this season. But, you know, I, I out of all those other teams, I'd rather see Ohio State in there than a two-loss Alabama team in there. Let me just put it that way. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, they're Buckeye, you're right. I mean, but when they put Ohio State fifth, yeah. who else Who else are going to be next? They're the most deserving I, of the undeserving. Exactly. You had to, it's a four-team playoff, and they're probably the most deserving of anybody in that group to be in there. And I know you could, you know, Alabama tried, you know, Dick Saban tried to make the case for Alabama to be in there, a couple of close losses to top 25 teams, 
you know, Clemson, I think the Dabble Sweeney, hey, you know, we, we did win the ACC. You know, it's, what about us? But uh, I, I think at the end of the day, Ohio State was really the only direction that uh, they could possibly go. So uh, Brian Roth joining us, uh, as he does every Wednesday, the voice of the CSU Rams. And uh, Brian, uh, for your basketball team tomorrow night, it's Colorado. Go to Boulder for that one. So a nice, uh, relatively short drive for you uh, to cover the Rams against CU. But one of the, I think the story that uh, is the most important for a Rams basketball fan is the res- the return of Isaiah Stevens in that game against Loyola Marymount. Getting him back is huge for this basketball team. Yeah, it, it certainly is. And I know we talked to to you last week, and and the announcement hadn't been made that that he was coming back. I I knew it was you know coming soon, and and I thought he'd be back by tonight's game, but it ended up being or sorry, but tomorrow night's game against Colorado. But you can show up tonight. Up you can show up and you know hang out at uh, you know see you event center if you want to. I could. Yeah. I could, yeah, I lived in Boulder for five years. Yeah. May as well go back down and spend the night down there. Sure. Um, you know, but it's really great to see Isaiah back. And, and really, first and foremost, for the for the young man, because he is the epitome of student-athlete and, and exactly what you want from guys that, that you recruit to bring in to be an athlete at your university. I mean, Isaiah Stevens is exceptional in every single way. He's bright, he's competitive, he's talented, he's smart, he's respectful in the community. I mean, the dude is as good as it gets. And so just happy to see him back for his own sake because, uh, you know, this is his senior year, and, and you, you know you he's got some records he's looking at here at CSU, and, and to get him back on the court is awesome for his sake. But it certainly helps Colorado State. And, it's going to take a, a little bit for Isaiah to, to get back. I know he had 20 on Saturday and a uh, lost to UNC. I think he had uh, 13 in the first game. But timing off just a little bit, that's going to come. He's going to get in a little bit better shape uh, so that he can start playing 34, 35, 36, 37 minutes because that's what he's going to be playing this year for Colorado State. But his leadership uh, on the floor and the way that he's going to be able to settle this team down when they need to be settled down is, is going to be just invaluable. So great to see Isaiah back. And, and, and now this is a Colorado State team still not fully healthy. Uh, they're, they're transferred from Illinois State, a really good shooter in Josiah Strong, six foot four guard, still is out with an illness. So this is a CSU basketball team that hasn't been healthy at all here this year, though, in terms of the full lineup, the full arsenal out there. And so, but getting Stevens back is a major, major boost. You mentioned they want to play Isaiah about, you know, Nico Medved does about 30 minutes a game. Is he right now kind of on a pitch count, build himself back up to that, Brian? How is that working in terms of managing his minutes? Yeah, they they, they played him 18 minutes last Wednesday against Loyola Marymount. Then he ended up playing 28 minutes on Saturday against Northern Colorado. And that's just because she was so bad. UNC was so good. And you know, really kind of a shocking game on, on Saturday when the Rams, uh, you know, 16-point favorites and you lose at home to, a, uh, you know, an in-state school in, in northern Colorado. And, you know, he, the Isaiah, they only wanted to play him uh, 23, 24 minutes uh, on Saturday. They end up playing 28 because, well, they're trying to come back in that game and they, they needed him. But I would imagine you're going to see him play 30-plus minutes uh, t- tomorrow night at, in, in Boulder. But Listen, as the season goes along, I mean, he is going to be one of the top minutes per game guys in the Mountain West Conference. I mean, I, I think he'll probably end up being, 
you know, a 35, 36 minute per game type guy this year. Rams six and three right now, handed that game at uh, Boulder tomorrow night against Colorado. And for, for Colorado, they've, they've dropped a couple in a row. They're now four and five. They had that uh, heartbreaking loss to Arizona State at home, 60 to 59, then went to Washington and, and lost by 10. And when you look at, you know, so far the season, KJ Simpson's been probably Tad Boyle's most consistent uh, scoring threat on this basketball team. He's their leading scorer. Tristan De Silva, I think, is playing better than we, we saw him last year. But it's a it's a Colorado team that I, I just get a sense watching them a little bit, uh, Brian, that still tr- kind of trying to find their identity this season. Yeah, they're a strange, strange team, Jim. And, and, and you're seeing it across, really, college basketball together. I mean, there's a lot of teams that, you know, have, have really nice wins then just have head-scratching losses. And again, CSU had a head-scratching loss on, on Saturday against, against Northern Colorado. They obviously a UNC team that lost at home to Colorado Christian out of the uh, RMAC. And then they'd come into the Fort Collins and just go absolutely berserk shooting the basketball. And, and they come in and, and win. And so there's a lot of teams that have been up and down in, in, in college basketball this year. But, man, the Buffaloes, they've been schizophrenic here this year. Of course, they, they lose early in the season at Grambling. What do they do? They come back against the top ten team in Tennessee and 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 win in a in a semi neutral game in Nashville by by twelve. Then then they lose to a average UMass team. Then they come back and play the top twenty five team at least at the time in Texas A and M. Win by twenty eight. It's it's just been a really interesting season. I haven't seen them much. I watched uh, the entire second half last Thursday of their conference opener at home up in boulder against arizona state and they were up 15 and just an absolute meltdown in the second half it was hard to watch and i'm not a buff fan i'm not rooting for them not rooting against them but that was an absolute meltdown in the second half and and you know you just wonder when are they going to find their footing then they go and lose by 10 on saturday at, at washington I'll tell you this. I expect Colorado to come out tomorrow night and play one of their best games of the season. They're returning home. They've lost two straights. Didn't play great at Washington. Obviously, the meltdown against Arizona State. And I, I think Colorado State will probably play well, too, tomorrow night. I think we're going to see a high-level basketball game and what should be a, a great atmosphere there at the Coors Event Center. But I'm willing to bet Colorado comes out and plays as well as they did against Tennessee and Texas A&M coming up tomorrow night. I'd be shocked if they didn't. All right, so we have, we have Mark Johnson on tomorrow, Voice of the Buffs. So uh, my, my question is this. Do you do you have a little announcer-on-announcer announcer smack talk you want to send Mark Johnson's way? <laughs> I think I tried to fight him last year at some point, right? Didn't yeah, I, I believe so. I always, I always yeah, opened up this opportunity for you. I, I don't know about the okay. fighting part. I don't encourage violence. And, no, and no, Mark no. is a large man, so I, I don't know if that's a good, yeah, you got good, good call He's on your part. He's got size and reach. Yeah. So, that's right. Uh, that's right. But, but uh, any uh, any Rams barbs you want to throw uh, Mark Johnson oh, the buffs with? Oh. You don't know. It's funny. Mark, Mark and I texted a few times uh, here this year during the football season just kind of wallowing in, in our collective <laughs> misery. So, listen, man, he's he, he's been beaten down over the last few years with that Buff football team. I've been beaten down over the last few years with the uh, CSU football team. And, and look, as, as, as play-by-play guys, folks that are ingrained with the teams as, as we are, and you get to know the players and the coaches, I mean, 
yeah, it's a great job. It really is. A, it's a fun job. I can't believe we get paid to do this, but it's so much more fun when you're actually winning games. Oh, yeah. And it does become a, a little bit of a burden as the year goes on because you, even though you're not part of the coaching staff or the players or whatnot, you 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 do feel the weight of some of those losses on you. So now Mark and I are in the same boat, and uh, I understand uh, what he's been going through, and and vice versa. So. Uh, I, I like Mark a lot. He does a great job. Well, you guys both do a fantastic job. 7 o'clock for that game tomorrow night in Boulder, Colorado State against Colorado, the big in-state uh, war between uh, those two programs. Uh, before we let you go, uh, Colorado Mesa faced Colorado School of Mines this last weekend. Adam Thistlewood now plays for the Ordiggers. He was at CSU previously. What happened with Adam Thistlewood? Because at one point it seemed like he had a really promising career, promising future with CSU. Yeah, shoot. I mean, I think Adam in his first three years uh, at Colorado State started maybe 90 games uh, and was a really good shooter and a you know, guy that, that really, from day one, he was in here day one with Nico Medved in, in, in Nico's first season. And he had originally signed with Drake, where Nico was for one year, and then Medved gets the job at Colorado State. And he and he takes Adam Thistlewood, a Colorado kid, from Drake back to back to Colorado with him, and so he was a day one guy as a true freshman with Nico Medved, and, and really helped start putting the foundation um, to this basketball program. That of course now you're looking at it, and and it's a it's a basketball program that that has won you know 20 games in each of the last three years, and and hopefully wins 20 games this year. So he deserves deserves a lot of credit. For where this Colorado State basketball program is, um, I think it's a combination of, of things. I, I, you know, he was hurt in the off season leading up to last year with a wrist injury in his right wrist, and Adams a gym gym rat and uh, wasn't able to shoot the entire off season leading into last year, and I think that affected him, and, and it certainly affected his shooting and saw his shooting numbers go way down. But I also think this too, Jim. I think he kind of got recruited over. And, you know, that's what every coach is trying to do. You're trying to recruit over the guys that you have on your team. And, and I think that's uh, kind of what uh, Adam fell into is that you know, CSU just recruited uh, better athletes and better players that all of a sudden started taking away some of Adam's minutes. But he's one of my all-time favorite CSU players here. And his family is awesome, originally from Golden. He's a super smart kid. And for him to be back in Golden playing for Mines to – close out his career i think is really really cool yeah at 17 against the mavericks they're uh top 15 in the nation maybe top, i think top 10 in the nation right now for uh, the, the ordiggers so goes to a really good program uh in the armac hey i appreciate it brian thank you so much and, and good luck with the call tomorrow night when the rams take on the buffaloes always appreciate it my friend yeah absolutely and i'd also say this how about that colorado mines football program too right i mean that's pretty sweet, too. So go Ormac. I like it. Yeah. I, I appreciate like, you. Hey, likewise. Take care, Brian. Brian Roth. Okay. The CSU yeah. Rams with us this morning. Yeah, the, of course, the Ordinger football team. Man, what a does, – it doesn't matter who's coaching that football team, right? No. That, uh, that they're, they're going to have success there. And you know, that's where – if you're Miles Coach Haver and the Mavericks, you hope that uh, you know, you're in a position to, to get back into that that you know that upper tier of being able to to contend for a playoff spot and, and have a shot at you know making a run in the playoffs. Brandon Moore, their coach, is named the AFCA Regional Coach of the Year. By the way, 
So congratulations to him in his first year coaching uh, the Ordiggers. And uh, they continue on. They have Shepard coming up this weekend in the playoffs. Because they got the win against uh, number two Angelo State, 42-24. Now it's Shepard over at uh, Marv K. If they're not the Sheepdogs, that's a missed opportunity. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Let's let's see what they are. Uh looks like they're like the Rams. Oh, okay. Because they have CSU looking they have CSU looking helmets on. Trying to find their their mascot name. There they are the Rams, the Shepherd Rams. I mean that kind of works too, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Makes some sense. All right, uh, 921, Jim along with the Buckeye boy. Uh, Monica Brooks of the uh, CMU women's, women's basketball team will join us coming up at 940 this morning. Let's. We didn't do it last hour because we wanted uh, more time with Connor McGahee. Mm-hmm. Understandably so. Quality time. Little exactly. QT. Little QT with, with Connor. So it's time right now for Four Down Territory. We're into Four Down Territory on the Jim Davis Show on the team. Okay, the... Ongoing romance saga of one. Rogers! This guy double check! It's been a while since we checked in on the love life of Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers after his breakup with Danica Patrick. Well, apparently, according to reports, Aaron Rodgers is now dating Mallory Edens. And you're going, okay. No idea who that is. She's not Olivia Munn. She's not an actress. She's not Danica Patrick. Famous race car driver, who is Mallory Edens? Her daddy Wes owns the Milwaukee Bucks. And there was a picture back in 2019 of Rogers sitting next to her at a Bucks game. The other night he was sitting next to her when the Lakers and the, the Lakers were in town to play the Bucks. So the report doesn't AA Ron have a sliver of the Bucks too? I believe he does. Yes, I think that is correct. And so conflict of interest. Yeah. So anyway, it looks like that Aaron Rodgers may possibly have a new girlfriend in Mallory Edens. Just in time for Christmas. <laughs> like that. Yes. Just in time for Christmas. And for when he doesn't go to training camp next year, it'll be a different girl. Yeah. Because Aaron Rodgers kind of male Taylor Swift. And, um, and Aaron, I'm just going to say this: say this. It looks like Aaron's been cruising by the high school to look for a girlfriend. She well, looks, she I looks mean, significantly younger than him. I don't know how old she the, is. If she's in the ownership <laughs> meetings with Dad, I don't, I know. don't know. Just, Saying he's Matthew McConaugheying it. Uh, Wooderson. Yeah. From Days and Confused. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I kind of, I think that might be the case here. Interesting. Think it might be the case. All right, second down. Trey Turner signed an 11 year, $300 million deal with the Phillies. Where do they get all this money in Philadelphia? Where do they get? <laughs> they. Wow. So, according to John Heyman, who gave us the <laughs> arson judge yeah. siding with the Giants, Aaron Judge, by the way, siding, re signing with the Yankees, if you haven't heard this morning, that uh, John Heyman works for the Post said that the Padres offered Trey Turner $342 million. And he turned them down. See, Which, now that's an interesting thing. Not that he turned them down, but that the Padres essentially going to have Fernando Tatis play the outfield now, right? 
Yes. If he ever comes back to play baseball from wrecking his motorcycle and being suspended. What's your take on that, though? He, he didn't want to be with Padres. I mean, I get Phillies went to the World Series, but Padres are going to be there again. They're going to be in that conversation. Playing SoCal? Yeah, maybe. I, I mean, I don't know. And more money. I don't know. I wonder what the uh, the income tax situation is in in Pennsylvania. Well, California, know. pretty high. That's true. You know, you pl- and I know you got the balanced schedule, so you're not going to have all 18 of your you know league games in, on road. So I don't know. Maybe that plays into it. I have no idea. I don't know. I do think both it's... Maybe he just hates the Padres. Maybe. Maybe he just hates the Padres, but it's a better... Better team, and I think you escape the uh, the the Dodger shadow. And yeah. he's kind of an East Coast guy. He came up with the Nats anyway. It's true. You know, so maybe that's maybe him yeah. and Bryce Harper could still be boys. You, there's a lot that could be going on here. Yeah, it could very well be the case. All right, third and fourth down. Third down. Utah Jazz have some new uniforms. They aren't great, <laughs> and I think the team knows that because those who run the Jazz are already asking them six games or you know 21 games into the weekend asking for feedback on possible new jersey design yikes that was quick so okay i'm I'm looking at the screen which does not help the pile by the way right so these are the uniforms these are the new current ones the the ones the black and gold yes and then the white with the gold striping mm-hmm. with the, the jazz, the old school jazz yeah, logo. Yeah, the old music it. note. Mm. You got the mountains, you got the music note, and then just two very AAU, you know, playing basketball in a ballroom of a double tree type jerseys. Well, the, the, the first one looks like ones they've had before. Yeah, the first with, one with the is, is different. Is It's a little tweaked, but it's essentially the Carl Malone, John yeah. Stockton finals jerseys. Hey, the salad days, the heyday yeah. the of the Jazz franchise. On the other end is generic, but still all right. It's got the music note, and the number is rather but large and generic. The black one and the yellow one, it's like those aren't even colors I normally associate with the Utah Jazz. No, and they just, maybe because they're the B Utah State. I have no idea. I don't it's know. It's not good. Uh, oh, because the Beehive State? That maybe, it's, yeah. Well, I, okay. So. They're they're ugly. They're, they're very bland and mm-hmm. very ugly. Uh, watched uh, some college hoops last night as we moved to fourth down. Didn't see Tom Crean on the screen, but he is back at ESPN, allegedly, according huh. to Awful Announcing and uh, Michael McCarthy of Front Office Sports. Tom Crean, who was really, really good, seemed tailor-made for TV. His first stint back at the network. Does he turn into kind of their next... Duke Vitale, coach that just kind of flamed out after a while yeah. and is now their ESPN. Because he was at Georgia, right? Yeah, and Seth something or other, Greenberg. Seth he's Greenberg, there too. Yeah. He's good. Yeah. But Tom Crean was really good. What is it? 14, 15? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah, Tom Crean is just, hey, this is, mm-hmm. this is what I'm good at, and I'm just going to stick with this. Yeah. Watch Texas, Illinois about the first half last night. That was fun. All right. Eight, Illinois is dangerous. 928. We will take a break. We'll come back. It is a wine about a Wednesday with Talon Wine, so you can win a bottle of Talon Wine today. Got something to complain about. Just daily life or world of sports gripe. Maybe you want to gripe about Aaron Judge going back to the Yankees again.
nine years, what, $360 million yep. for Aaron Judge to go back to the Yankees? All right, so we've got some thoughts on that today. Text or call us, Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line, 970-242-1340. First of all, it's hilarious. Warped, twisted individuals. Yes. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Welcome back, 931. Jim along with the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. So it's a wine about a Wednesday with Talon Wine, something you want to get off your chest. You can do that today by reaching out to us on the Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line, 970-242-1340. Do uh, want to acknowledge today is the day that will forever live in infamy, December 7th. Let us not forget uh, Pearl Harbor on this day. So uh, no, my, my father fought in World War II, so uh, certainly a day that had significance for him when he was alive. But uh, anyway, for for the, the very few that are still remaining, our uh, greatest generation veterans, um, a, a day that, uh, that began it all, the, the conflict, of course, uh, in Europe and around the world with uh, World War II. All right, uh, 932. Jim and the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. Uh, the only good thing is that the season's almost over. The Broncos can start to fix things. And there's more and more reports out there that Nathaniel Hackett's going to get canned. That the, this ownership group is evaluating you know, what, they, what they plan on doing in the offseason. You know, we're seeing more pieces on you know a variety of of um, blogs about Hackett, the calls for for Sean Payton to be brought in. Seeing that out there floating around, who's still employed by the Saints? He's still. not working for them, but you have to get him away from the Saints, and that you have to send them compensation. Yeah. And what is that compensation? So is it going to be San Francisco's first-rounder, which you got from the Dolphins for the Saints to whatever? I mean, Saints don't have any first-rounders. They traded it to the Eagles. So, I mean, what what are you going to do? What are you going to send to New Orleans that they're going to be like, yeah, all right, that's enough? Anything? And and, and so, okay, let's play play, what if here. Mm Mm-hmm. What did the Broncos try to get Sean Payton? Okay, they, they still own his rights, as we mentioned. So, first, Sean Payton has to want to come back and coach. Right. He's doing the TV stuff right now. Seems fairly happy doing that. He's going to have to want to coach this team. Right, he's going to have to want, and the reports in the past have been that he wants to go to a warm-weather city. That wouldn't be Denver. But first off, he's he has to want to coach in Denver. He has to want to coach again first, and then he has to want to coach in Denver. And the Walton Pinner group's gonna have to convince him of that. And then also, Saints have to be willing to trade his rights. And the first round pick would be the starting point for that conversation to happen. I just I just think right after the Broncos, if you trade a first round pick, what else is it going to be? 
What else? What else? I mean, what are, they, it, what are you going to give the Saints? It's not. It's not going to be just a first round pick. They're going to want more than that, right? Are they going to want players, money? You know, because let us not forget, Denver gave up their first and second round picks in 2022 and 2023 to get Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. You know, they got the one back from the Dolphins. You know that you know they they, they were able to get the you know, they dealt Chubb there, and Dolphins got the pick when they you know they acquired and, and who gave Denver that pick that they got. Dolphins got that pick from San Francisco. Yeah, and so it's going to be more than that. You'd think, yeah. And I'm just not so. Sean Payton's working for working for Fox. I'm just not so sure. Sean Payton really wants to coach in Denver. You know, he's made the comment he'll be coaching again sooner than later. So okay, that kind of addresses that that part of it, right? That okay, mm-hmm. he seems to have an interest in at, at the age of 57 of wanting to come back and coach. But once again, does he want to step into the mess that the Broncos are right now? Does Denver have enough compensation-wise to make the Saints go, sure, we'll make that deal. He's your guy now. I don't think they do. How much autonomy is he going to have? Because if you're going to spend this kind of draft capital on him, Mm -hmm. if you're you're going to give give up another first-round pick, Maybe players potentially, who knows? You know that he's going to have probably more authority than George Payton. He's going to be given yeah. a lot of say about how this roster is put together, which would probably mean the end of George Payton in Denver. Mm-hmm. Unless uh, it, George Payton's willing to take a very subservient role to Sean Payton. Because they're not going to bring Sean Payton in to just be the coach and not have any say over what they how this roster is constructed. It is the it's not going to be Bill Parcells necessarily the GM. I don't think he'll be the GM necessarily. Mm-hmm. That might be more than Peyton wants to take on, but he's going to have you know Bill Belichick like autonomy over over what how this roster is put together. And is George Peyton going to be okay with that relationship? If I'm Sean Payton, that's that's exactly what I ask for. Like I, I need to have some say, not some say. I need to have the say in roster construction, and I need to have, you know, this autonomy that you're talking about. And you know, maybe even maybe it's not even a question of. And then they what they do with George Payton, he may be gone anyway. Right. Yeah, right. Exactly. But I definitely think. That would make the job a little more attractive for Sean Payton if he could come in and play a larger role in the front office as well, in the roster construction. You know, I think yeah. that might make the job a little more attractive than what it currently is. Well, a guy's been around Bill Parcells and a guy that mm-hmm. probably, you know, certainly like Parcells said, you know, if you know, if, if I'm, you know putting the meal together, I should right. be able to buy the groceries. I'm, I'm paraphrasing that a little bit. But, but the thing is, for Sean Payton, you're only going to be able to buy side dishes. Your <laughs> yeah. main course is Russ. And if you don't like having to eat what Russ cooks, <laughs> then you got a problem. Then you probably shouldn't take this job until, you know, 2029. So, you know, right now, from everything from Jake Heap's Russ, Russ's, you know, personal, you know, quarterback coach being the problem mm-hmm. to oh, it's all going to be fixed by 
by bringing in Sean Payton. It's it's going to be a very interesting offseason to see how how the Broncos approach this. Because I agree with Cody, and if make sure you listen to our podcast. We'll mm-hmm. also have I'll also have the just the Cody Rourke interview up later on this morning. That it's a lot of this is going to start with probably new head coach, and a lot of it's going to start with a, pretty much a brand new offensive line. Yeah, yeah. Because Russ is there. Russ is not going anywhere. And and I do agree with Cody. I see enough flashes from Russ that given a, a, an improved offensive line. This offense could be okay. You get Tim Patrick back. Hopefully, Jerry Judy can stay healthy. Dolchich continues to develop. They get Javante Williams back. We'll see what that looks like after a pretty significant knee injury. They've got the potential of getting this turned around. But it's got to start with that offensive line. And it's it's got to be better for Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Not that not that, you know, Wilson doesn't have his warts and his his you know contributions to this offense struggling like it has. But you do see flashes from Wilson where you go, they could be they could be pretty good with him at quarterback if they improve in these areas. Play calling and protection for him. All right, so Monica Brooks of the CMU women's basketball team will join us in a moment. Time for... That's the story of the greatest sport moment in all of history. It's time to take a trip back in time. It's this day in sports history. All right, 1973, Jerry West sets an NBA record with 10 steals in the Lakers' loss to Seattle, 115-111. to 1985, Auburn tailback Bo Jackson, Bo knows, wins the Heisman Trophy in a close vote. He beats out Iowa quarterback Chuck Long by 45 points, the closest vote in the 51-year history of the trophy. 2006, Willie Parker breaks Pittsburgh's single-game rushing record, Parker with 223 yards. Steelers rough up. What do you take? Guess? Cleveland Browns? Yeah, Cleveland Browns. Uh, 27-7. It's December. It can't be the Guardians. It's got to be the Browns. And so Parker, the first player in Steelers history to have two 200-yard games in a season, uh, tops John Frenchy Fuqua. He of the Immaculate Reception fame. A uh, record of 218 against Philadelphia in 1970. And uh, also 2014, first college football playoff slate was announced. Do you remember who was in the field? Alabama, Ohio State, Oregon, and somebody Oregon beat. And uh, and Florida State. Yeah, that, that's right. So there we go. That's the day in sports history. I just know we beat Alabama and then we beat Oregon. All right, so we will take a break. We'll come back. And Monica Brooks of the CMU women's basketball team will talk with her coming up on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. I'm the morning guy. I have a Facebook group, 16 members. Some call it a fan page. I don't know. Oh, hell yeah. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Welcome back. Jim of the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Vic Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles, with us right now on the Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line. She's a redshirt senior from Shawnee, Oklahoma, plays for the Colorado Mesa women's basketball team. Monica Brooks joins us. Monica, it's a pleasure. Thanks for coming on this morning. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me. Well, tell us uh, about the journey that, that you've taken to, to come and play at Colorado Mesa. Of course, you were at the Mavericks last year. 
uh, making that that run of the postseason. And, and this year, you've had to take on an even larger role in terms of scoring and rebounding with the departure of, of four of the five starters, your fellow starters from last year. But how did you get from from Shawnee, Oklahoma, and you know Central Community College to to play for the Colorado Mesa Mavericks? Uh, give us uh, how that played out for you. Uh, so after my sophomore year, um, so. Coach P, our assistant coach, her sister uh, was the head coach at the Juke where I went to, and she was a volleyball coach there. So me and her got really close, and she told me her sister coached here in, at Mesa. I'm like, oh, well, that's cool. And then um, before you know it, I started getting in contact with her, and then I met Coach Wagner and kind of hit things off. And I was like, well, this is where I want to be, and I want to get a chance to win on that championship. So I decided to come here. Well, last year you helped get the Mavericks to the NCAA South Central Region Tournament. You played in, in 30 games last year. You started in 19 games last year where you averaged uh, over seven points and four rebounds per game. And you've upped those numbers this year. Uh, Second-leading scorer right now at over 10 points per game. Second-leading rebounder as well. What were some of the things that Coach Wagner, Monica, kind of challenged you to do this season knowing that you know all that, that veteran leadership was gone from, from Danny Turner to Kelsey Siemens to uh, Mariah Martin, that what were some of the things he challenged you to do, both from um, you know a leadership standpoint and also just from a a production standpoint? Oh, I mean, last year I just kind of had the luxury just uh, beyond watching Danny and Mariah work. So this year he told me he wanted me to be more active and um, I mean just shoot the ball a lot more this year, and uh, he wanted me to be a leader because I'm the only one who has the most experience on this team. I've been here this is my third year, so he wanted me to take in the role and um, lead these young girls to. Some, to win some games. Monica Brooks of the Colorado Mesa women's basketball team with us and mentioned uh, you helped to get the, the Mavericks to the South Central Region tournament last year, Monica, and it's been a it's been a rough start this season. Uh, Open it up with the Colorado School of Mines or Diggers to, to begin RMAC play. Uh, tough, heartbreaking loss to Metro State on Saturday. Like I said, it's around these parts, we're, we're not used to the Maverick women only having one win at this stage of the season, but there's there, there's a lot of new faces, like you mentioned. You're you're one of the familiar faces from last year in that starting five, and it's been it's been just like you said a a difficult situation with a lot of young players, new players like Laura Gutierrez from Adams State. There's been a lot of moving pieces heading into this basketball season for the Mavericks. Yes, it has been. I mean, it's a lot different. I feel like our offense is a lot different as well. Like coming I mean, like last year, our offense kind of revolved around Danny Mariah. So I think it's just figuring out like. Um, what, what, what we have on the floor and I'm, I feel like it's going to click sooner or later and then we're going to be right there again Monica Brooks of the CMU women's basketball team with us on the team sports network mentioned Gutierrez coming from Adams State she's uh, really provided some some scoring punch off the bench but uh, talk about Olivia Reed a little bit. Freshman for this basketball team. She's the leading rebounder right now. You're second to her in rebounding. Uh, she's uh, done a nice job in the glass like you have as well, Monica. Uh, particularly as a freshman, she's got off to a really good start. Yeah, she has. She's a workhorse. I love playing with her. Uh, when she came in, she was dominating. So I'm not, not I'm not shocked by her play outside on, on the court. She did in practice when she first came in. So, um, yeah, she's a beast. She's hard to, she's hard to guard. In in your two years at Mesa, who's the player or players that maybe has pushed you the most to, to be better, to to improve as a basketball player? Who are a couple of those players, Monica, that have had an impact on your game while you've been a Maverick? Um, I think my first year coming in, Kylie Lixby pushed me a lot, and then just having a Kelsey teams on my side the last two years has been a lot has been a lot of help as well. Um, she was a great leader in my opinion, and she always helped me get better every day. So she's been great for me. 
Yeah, Kylan Rigsby is a, a, a tremendously talented player. What what about Kylan, Monica? That that really made you a better player by by playing you know against her or, or alongside her at times. I mean, every day in practice, she worked extremely hard. Like she never took a play off, and every day she came in there, she was happy. She had a lot of energy, and like she just always like motivate everybody, and especially me. I mean, I was new that year, and she kind of took me in her wing. And just she probably provided a lot of confidence for me just to be better every day. Monica Brooks, redshirt senior for the Colorado Mesa women's basketball team, uh, joining us on the Team Sports Network, majoring in kinesiology. And uh, it says some of the things here that you really enjoy doing. You enjoy reading. So, okay, the the last book that you read that you really liked, and maybe the last book that you read that you didn't like, that you wouldn't recommend to somebody, what what might fall into those two categories? Um, so a book I just read that was, I really liked was Viola Davis's book that she came out with. Um, that was a good one, and I don't. I haven't had a book that I don't really like, so I kind of always like kind of sit there for a while and read stuff on the books to make sure I'm going to like it before I pick it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good that's a good way to get read maybe a chapter yeah. and get a sense of we you know, maybe I'm not really that interested in this book. I don't think I want to. Yeah, I'm like sp- nah. I think I'll put this one back. Yeah, I'll pass. <laughs> do, you, do you spend a lot of time on the bus reading, or do you watch movies with the team? Um, usually we watch movies, um, or I'm just sitting there on TikTok most of the time. So mostly on TikTok. So being being yeah. a, you know, a red shirt senior on this team, when you do decide to watch a movie, do you have you know upperclassman status on that? Do you get to say I, this no, is, I do not. you 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 get outvoted? So is it a team vote? Yep, oh, that's yeah, too I sure bad. Do. All the time, every time. I'll tell Coach Wags that that you need to have you know senior leadership on that. You need to be the one deciding what movies to watch. I know because movies we pick out are not the best. Who who picks out, who suggests the worst movies that everybody else likes but you don't like? Who's the person like, oh, we should watch whatever, fill in the blank? I'm going to say Sarah Geddes. Okay. Down the road at Delta. She always picks out the, be- the worst ones. What's the worst one she's picked out lately? Uh, let me see. Well, last year they always would pick out Miss Congeniality, and I just do not like that movie. And we watched it like four times. R- four times? I mean, one time, okay. Yes, I, I mean, swear. <laughs> Sandra Bullock's a good actress, but come on, four times? Wow. No, no, thank know, you. Can we pick a new movie? Yeah. Is that the biggest gripe for you? Is it just the same stuff over and over again, or are they just really bad movies? Uh, I think it's just the same stuff over and over again. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's why they need to put you in charge, Monica. I think I you, you, you read books, you're bright, you can, you can open up the world of other movies to them, I'm sure. Maybe from books that you've read. Yes, I can. Yeah, I think you can. Often. <laughs> Monica Brooks of the CMU women's basketball <laughs> team with us. Uh, says you also on your bio, I always like to read these because I never know how accurate they still are. Uh, obviously, this time of the year, unless you're going to go ice fishing, and you don't have a lot of time for that right now. Uh, fishing, do you still like to go fish? Yes, I have. actually haven't been in a while, and I wanted to go ice fishing while I was in Nebraska, but then COVID happened, so that took my experience away. But I haven't been back home in a while, so when I go back home, I probably will start fishing again this summer. Well, well, maybe at some point, man, they could, you know, somebody can run you up to the Grand Mesa, do some ice fishing up there. I mean, that's that's an incredible place to do that. I've never done it before, and I've always wanted to. Well, I I think you're you're overdue for for that to happen. Uh, Monica Brooks with us. Monica, on a rack, wrap it up. Uh, like I said, you you lost those first two games to begin RMAC play. Now you go to uh, UCCS and Regis this weekend. These are uh, two important games for you guys to to get back to 500 in the in the conference standings. 
Yeah, they are. I mean, coaches emphasize that this practice that we need to have some good practices going into this week. And um, I mean, he's we have a young team, and like like he says, like it's around Christmas time, and uh, a lot of us are like kind of like ready to go home. But he's like, just give me two more weeks, we focus up, and we get um, these two wins in the road, and we focus on next week and get a win, then we can all go home and get a little break. All right. Well, Monica, happy holidays. Best of luck this weekend. We'll have both games here on the team for the men and the women at UCCS and Regis this Friday and Saturday. Brought to you by Ken Richards, State Farm Insurance. Monica Brooks, I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Monica. Thank you, sir, for having me. Have a great day. You too. Take care. Monica Brooks from the CMU women's basketball team. Yeah, Don't you think, I mean, come on, Mavs? Miscongeniality four times in a season? There's other movies to watch, right? Okay, question. We'll yeah. have to do some research on this. Who on the roster was actually alive <laughs> when that movie came out? That's my question. That is a good question. And why is that movie so popular? That movie came out in 2000. Yeah. Hmm. Like, why is it? I, I like Sandy Bullock, right? She's a good actress, yeah. But why? Why that movie? That's I don't. a good question. Acquiring minds want to know. Maybe we'll have an answer sometime soon. All right, that's our show for today. Back with you tomorrow morning at 7.